everybody, and welcome to Political Football on this just absolutely celebratory day in the United States. Uh, my oh, name is boy. Dave. I'm here. I'm here with Scott. We are fired up. We are absolutely fired up because, uh, according to Adam Schefter, the Baltimore Ravens have offered a deal to Odell Beckham Jr. Scott, thoughts? Is that real? <laughs> yes, according to Schefter. Was it Schefter? Oh, maybe it wasn't Schefter. It was somebody. It was okay, somebody. well. It was one of um, That's interesting. I don't. I mean, Baltimore is one of those teams that's kind of a linchpin of. I didn't think we were going to start this way. <laughs> we, we are not. We are not actually starting this way. <laughs> nice, nice try though. Of it all, like you know, like uh, like he's the Michael Cohen of the Ravens offense. <sighs> Let's go. All right. So. <laughs> Uh, first of all, we are part of the Maddie Ice Media Network. Go to MaddieIceMedia.com. We've got merch. There's other great podcasts uh, over there as well. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a huge day. Uh, Donald Trump last week got indicted, and today he was arraigned, which means he did get arrested for the first time ever, I believe, um, which is kind of crazy when you when you think about it. Um, Scott, what are some of your, like, what's your, what was your initial thought when you found out he was actually getting indicted and – this whole thing was going to happen. So, um, I think it's more ignorance than anything uh, on my part. Like, I don't know. I mean, I understand the the process of indicting him, and I, you know, but I don't know in the end what it means. And I, and it's just because we're not there yet. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm not really. I don't know what to, I guess I don't really know what to think of it because I don't, I still don't expect anything to come of it. I just don't. I understand that there's, that there's a process and maybe that's just um, pessimistic thinking. I don't, I don't know. Um, I kind of think it's a little sad to be honest and and not for, not necessarily for him because I don't know that he deserves uh, those feelings from, from just average dude. Right. But Mm -hmm. It's our country. I mean, we we are so incredibly divided, and it makes me sad uh, for my kids and just generally, uh, just where we are. It just, I mean, I just think it's a really sad day that that this is a step you have to take, and it's yes. not not you have to do this. Yeah. Um, so I don't think. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's going to be a day in the rest of his life that's not really that's not spent fighting some sort of court thing that's going on with everything yeah. that's happening so yeah I, so know, there's what do you think i'm interested in your, in your thoughts so there's um a lot of I, talk. I see your name so i think we're good <laughs> yeah for the audio listeners my name here on youtube is throw the book at him um and you know that kind of goes to my my first point here which there's been a lot of talk about how indicting Donald Trump shows that the criminal justice uh, works because no one is above the law. And on the one hand, I see where they're, where they're coming from with that. But on the other hand, this dude has allegedly been committing crimes for decades and he's like 76. This is the first time he's getting arrested. Yeah. You know, he's got how many accusations of sexual assault and shady real estate deals, allegedly, and all sorts of other all sorts of other things, but this is the first, although I don't think this will be the last time, but it's the first time he's finally getting indicted, being arrested, being investigated to this level. Um, well, so that's that's the thing. Like, you know, you've got the Georgia investigation happening. You've got 
the Mar-a-Lago investigation happening. You have the January 6th investigation happening. There's a rape case going on. Um, I'm sure there are others that I'm forgetting yeah. about. You left out the New York Attorney General. Yeah, uh, but I don't know if that's a criminal case. It's civil. Against his organization, but still, it's yeah. it's a legal proceeding against him. But like, um, his history is... So, so this is just, I guess this is where I'm at with it. It's like, um, we have some people here who celebrate things like today. And then there's, then there's another side who it's a little bit like, um, the, some of the impeachment stuff where, you know, if we, if we just look at circular logic and it's, it's, if, you know, you just kind of do the whole circle, like the impeachment is a sham and you cannot prove anything. And then, because the impeachment is a sham, I'm not going to give you the material that you need to prove your case because mm-hmm. it's a sham kind of. And it's like, so if you believe this whole thing is like a, the words, whatever he uses, a witch hunt or a hoax or all those things, if you believe those things, then it doesn't matter what he does because it will ultimately all come down to no matter who it is, no matter what which judge it is, no matter what the who the jury members are, they're going to get attacked. Um, people are going to accuse them of selectively prosecuting Donald Trump. Uh, I to me, it's mind blowing, but that's where we are. So, there was a there was an editorial in the New York Times, I believe, where there was just some amazing what aboutism, and the I don't know who wrote it. Whoever wrote it was like. This is a slippery slope because now in the future, any former public official that breaks the law can be indicted. That's a paraphrase, well, but it's like, yeah, that's 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 a feature, not a bug. Like, it's like it's the um, it's the Jim Carrey movie, Liar Liar, where you know the criminal's on the phone and he answers the phone and just yells at him, "Stop breaking the law, asshole!" Like, <laughs> yeah, just knock it off. But yeah. like you're saying, he's this is just. This is just what he's done for so long that, um, you know, I mean, I don't know if you saw Donald Trump Jr. today uh, after the hearing through the judge's daughter's picture up on Truth Social. I did not. I did not see that. That's obviously terrible. And maybe I mean, it could be a criminal act itself could get a gag order put on them pretty fast. I, yeah, I, so I don't know because she is she is over. She is not a. It's not like she's a young girl. Yeah, but it's still intim. It's still intimidating. It's it's asking for violence against the judge's family. Yeah. Um, these are just, and I don't understand. And this is something we've talked about on our show multiple times. The evangelical support for him and his family is confusing to me, and it will always be. These are not good people. This is this. I mean, um, I don't know if you saw the interview with Marjorie Taylor Greene today, but she compared him to uh, <laughs> she compared him to. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but um, Nelson Mandela and Jesus. <laughs> she did. She did. She did. I mean, and she was trying to make the point that uh, there's been a lot of amazing people throughout history who have been persecuted by awful governments. And he's just another in the string of righteous men to be prosecuted for, for their righteousness. And it's just like, didn't, didn't Republicans classify Nelson Mandela as a terrorist? 
didn't they vote for the resolution to do that or something like that? You know, I, maybe in a, in another life, uh, I did, but it just was mind blowing. Like she actually believes this. Um, yeah, they. I don't. I don't give them enough credit. I think. I think a lot of these folks are just arguing in bad faith, and she doesn't believe any of that. She just sees this a quicker, the quickest path to power. Now, um, a couple other, a couple other things about this. So Trump is being indicted on thirty-four counts related to paying Stormy Daniels money to keep their affair quiet during the end of the twenty sixteen presidential campaign. Michael Cohen, his former lawyer and fixer, already went to prison for his role in this crime. Cohen actually paid the money to Stormy Daniels. It was reimbursed by the Trump organization. Yes. Over a long period of time. Yeah. In which they then wrote that, wrote the money that they used off as, as tax, you know, there's some tax fraud. There's some, there's some other kinds of fraud happening. But the thing that, that I, that is super interesting in it is that Trump's attorney general, Bill Barr, mm-hmm. Put Michael Cohen in jail for this crime. Yes, but then he also ordered that that was to be the end of the investigation, and that's why well, DOJ never pursued it further. What? Yes, but what I'm saying is that Trump's own attorney general. I mean, Bill Barr might be one of the most despicable uh, characters in American history, and I say that thinking about a lot of despicable characters. Um, this the the crime that Michael Cohen committed is the exact same thing that the, that Donald Trump is being accused of, and Trump's DOJ put him in jail for what he did. So it's not like you can. It's not like Trump can can't argue that it didn't happen. They, yes, they put Cohen in jail for it. Right, right. It's it. It's it. Whose direction was it under? And I believe I saw that there's at least one conspiracy count in here yes. yeah. and i saw them mention mention two women which means the kara mcdougall story is included in this like it's all wrapped up together into one There's also the doorman story about the oh yeah supposed child that he uh, that he had fathered and they paid the, uh, the doorman 30 grand to make that go away too so it's you know there's just a lot um but the the conspiracy thing is interesting like what was this conspiring to uh, in, in the process of, of the election. Like, is right, that exactly is over? Yeah. Right. So he conspired with, uh, David Pecker, the head of the national Enquirer, and Michael Cohen to work together to catch and kill and pay off these stories in yeah. service of it, not doing harm to his ability to win the election. It's the general, I'm not a lawyer, Well, that's like the general. Sense right, of the, so in the, in generalized, if the amounts that they spent is, was too much. You can't spend that much money. They they view those as no. Uh, it's not that it's too much. They didn't disclose it. They didn't disclose it as campaign right, finance expenditures. Even if they did, it, it went over the line of what they could spend on that oh, kind of a okay. on that kind of a contribution. If you want to, you call could it. only you could only bribe the women you're having affairs with up to twenty five grand. Is that the <laughs> whatever the number is? But it was too much <laughs> money. So it's one of the things that that I think they were trying to hide, and that's why they spread out the payments. The way they did because they were trying to keep it under a certain number yeah uh, especially the the hundred thirty thousand dollar part of it but still it's like <laughs> it's so just... can can that be structuring as well or can you only structure for like putting money in a bank good question i don't know we need to get a lawyer we need to get a lawyer on the phone we yeah we need some help 
Yeah. Um, it, it just, it's crazy. It, it just, it's a crazy uh, start to an end. If that, I don't know if that makes sense, but um, I know he's leading uh, as far as, okay, so somebody's much more intelligent than I am. And I know that's setting a very low bar. Yeah, that's, uh... <laughs> don't agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you should not be so hard on yourself. No, 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 it is. When it comes to a lot of these things, I don't have a clue. Um, so oh. I, what was Alex saying? Was the, that the, the uh, amount? Alex, it... Yeah, Alex said, uh, exactly, Scott, that makes it a misdemeanor that concealed a crime, therefore a felony. Okay. So basically, yeah, if you commit a misdemeanor in the effort to cover up another crime, the misdemeanor becomes a felony, at least in New yeah. York State, apparently. So, um, okay. So, yeah, and uh, Alex is a is a Giants fan, so I'm sure he knows uh, at least a little bit about New York State. I'm sure. Is, didn't he grow up there? Well, I was going to dox him like that. Oh, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> but there's a little story. Uh, so his address is actually no. Uh, yeah, no, it's um social so security know, number in the comments. <laughs> I know, I know some people who who are from New York and have been there, and these yeah. stories about Donald Trump are like just part of the the normal it's just like everybody knows it like you know you don't want to do any any uh electrical work for any trump related projects because you're not going to get paid kind yeah. of thing like it's a yeah. very common thing so um i you know it i don't know yeah last thing last thing i want to say on this uh before we we are actually going to review the afc west <laughs> the afc west is getting pushed down the uh push push down here but that's okay that works out just fine uh so as far as I know, Trump is facing three other investigations, but I think it's actually more than that. But the three that I recall from memory was the New York attorney general about Trump allegedly altering the stated value of his assets to fit his needs. Yep. Um, one from the Fulton County DA in Atlanta about Trump calling state officials, trying to convince them to overturn the election results. The quote, I only need 11,780 more votes. That thing. Yep. Um, and then finally, a special counsel investigation to Trump allegedly stealing government secrets and lying about it and then not returning them. Yeah. And there's also I know there's the January 6th. Yeah. Investigation. And there's also the rape case, the Gene Carroll rape case, which now becomes fascinating to me because it could be wrong, but they may have his DNA from his arraignment today. Whatever that means. I don't know. I don't know. So the only place, the only place I saw anybody talk about them getting his DNA today was a post from the Daily Show. Oh. So, um, but uh, what it was, uh, Ron Wood is hosting, and he said that if they get Trump's DNA, they're going to clear half their backlog. <laughs> it's, <laughs> Which is a great joke, and uh, everybody should watch the Daily Show if Ron Wood is hosting. That dude is hilarious. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, Ben does say it's worth mentioning that the biggest political story of the day is the state Supreme Court election in Wisconsin. Huge implications. That's true. It's like a very reasonable uh, woman is running for judge, and then an absolutely batshit crazy person is running against her, and it's going to come down to like thirty votes. And it, yes, that's a huge one. But there, like today, there was also uh, a three panel, a, a three judge panel that rejected Trump's claim of privilege. So yes. in, in another case, well, that's, that's pretty easy because Trump doesn't have executive privilege. He's not the president. Like, it, 
I mean, in pre in in a different time, that would have that may not have gone this way. But it just feels like there's so much happening. I'm missing one. There's another. There's something else. Oh, it's the yeah. Fox and the Dominion stuff. Like, yes, that's not really going well for Fox. No, and because if that goes to court, all those Fox hosts are going to be called in to testify in open court, and like, they are not going to lie to the judge. No, they, I, they're going to save themselves for won't, sure. Won't no one of them. None of them are going to take the years. None of them no. will lie to a judge. They will. No, they no, will I just mean, take their millions. Money. It's, it's uh, you know, how much money is Fox going to lose in this situation? Not and enough. Not yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a little bit like the Hulk Hogan and Gawker Media, like kind of. Yeah. Um, you know, makes me wonder what's going to happen in the end for Fox. Yeah. The best thing for Fox, like to happen to Fox from our point of view would be just the absolute exposure of all these people at Fox as total hypocrites and frauds, not even necessarily like to change the hearts and minds of their viewers, but for their viewers to finally see through all of these people. I mean, Hannity, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, they're all full of shit. Like yeah. they do not, they don't like Trump according to their own text messages. Yeah. Right. Like it's just getting them all exposed would be fantastic. It, it would. And, you know, in some ways, getting it, getting people to recognize that it's propaganda and they know it's propaganda. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's just. Yeah. Right. They're lying to their audience. They think their audience is stupid. They're treating their audience like it's stupid. Yeah. And like, while I, don't watch Fox News. I don't think anybody should watch Fox News. I think that by and large, the Fox News audience is just like everyday people who started watching a Republican news network and are now just being spoon fed party propaganda like it's 1984. And it happened so fast that they don't even realize that it happened. Yeah. Like, you know, I have more respect for the Fox News audience than Sean Hannity does. Yeah, but for him, it's just dollars. Right. You know, it's it's just it's a way. I mean, I think some of the texting and some of the messaging back and forth has been, hey, uh, you know, the bottom line is the bottom line. And we have to we have to pay attention to that. This isn't good for our stock price. Right. And yeah. And so hopefully then once people uh, like see that they can just be done with this network and either the network will have to just go like full Newsmax which will cause it to lose a ton of mainstream advertisers and whatever. Um, or so you have much, you have much more hope for the future than I do. Cause I don't think that people are going to see through any of it. I think, well, I think, I think that what could happen here though. Well, they don't need a ton. They only need 5% of Fox's audience to abandon them. And that's it. Right. Like that'll undercut everything that they're, they're trying to do. So what would be best is if, like Alex is saying here that when this documents case comes out against Trump, the party finally dumps Trump, the Fox news decides to moderate a bit, which means it's just put on like normally crazy people. Yeah. Right. Instead of like full on line, full of it, crazy people. And they go back to like trying to like Powell in the election, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I actually thought about trying to book Sidney Powell because I think if we told her that she'd just come on here and tell her side of the story, she would just fly on and do it. She probably would. But I also think that, like, the people who like her are, are potentially, like, violent. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even want them, around, like, to even know who I am. <laughs> no, well, I mean, there is there is a level of it. We saw, we saw what happened when, 
you know, she was yeah. allowed to present her case. We saw the outcome of that. We'd, we'd, have, we'd have her come on with you and I, and I was just changing my name to Cleve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd love that. <laughs> How is he? Uh, he's doing fine. He's doing fine. He'll be back here. He'll be back for the draft at least. Um, but, yeah, could you imagine, though, some crazy Sidney Powell fan rolls up on Cleve thinking that it's me? <laughs> it just gets an absolute whooping. <laughs> 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 yeah yeah i yeah that would be um <laughs> <He's funny. laughs> paul, paul said she'd want an appearance fee yeah good luck <laughs> she's not <sighs> yeah okay um <laughs> i don't yeah. really know how to transition from this okay, to the no, afc west other than other than to say that uh Donald Trump is has a lot of problems, and I don't see any way he's going to get out of it anytime soon, which is a great way to start talking about the Denver Broncos. Um, that is a valid. That's, that's well done. <laughs> uh, so let me pull. Let me pull up my my magical document that I always that I always have here. Uh, hang on. Yeah. There we are. There we are. You know, producing the show during the show. Maybe once we get up to 50 subscribers, I'll uh, splurge for a producer. You are uh, versatile. Yeah, there we go. All right. Oh, I know what I didn't do. I know what I didn't do. So Denver, One second, everybody. Well, let's just, we can just talk briefly about Denver. We, yeah, we're going to start talking about the Denver Broncos. You first. Well, I thought, you know, the Russell Wilson trade, I think just... Um, Sometimes, you know, there's a narrative that just gets set out there and it's, and it was, all right, Denver's now obviously in a very tough division, but Denver should have a great season just simply because of a quarterback change. And it's a good roster, good enough, it should have been a good enough offense that you would have thought that things would have gone well. But in hindsight, was, um, was the head coach a good fit? for Russell Wilson's style as a player and was the personnel and even now going forward, does the personnel match him? And I don't know. I mean, when I think, when I think of Russell Wilson, I think of like improving and making plays happen outside the structure, um, you know, enforcing him to be a pocket passer was just, it's just not smart. And then, looking at Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy and, you know, uh, I'm missing one. I'm, I'm sure. KJ Hamler, Albert Akui Boonham. Yeah. Greg Dulcich, they have Javante Williams. And the Javante Williams injury was a big deal. Um, So it's just like in hindsight, we could, we could have maybe saw through the, you know, what we were like, I, you know, at least for, I'm, I'll just speak for myself. I thought they were going to be a good team challenging other teams in the AFC West. And, and I was very wrong. I thought they would finish third in this division, but I also thought everybody in this division could threaten for the playoffs. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, is that Nathaniel Hackett was the Packers offensive coordinator for Rogers, two MVP seasons yep. and Rogers makes plays outside the structure all the time. So I don't think there'd be any reason to think that that couldn't be something they would do, you know? Right. So that's why I'm saying, you know, 
do does the skill like going forward does the skill players they have are those are those guys just not a fit like when plays break down some players and, and quarterbacks together just make stuff happen mm-hmm. like when you think about Rodgers and Devontae Adams yeah or um you know Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin or Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf yeah. or those guys who just worked for him I don't know if I don't know if Jerry Judy is that guy. I don't know if, you know, um, those are, I mean, I don't know if I know, even know that what I'm saying is valid. I'm just saying we, we should be thinking about it. Like, are they a fit for what Russell Wilson does? Yeah. So I think their situation might be even deeper than that. And I'll get to that here in a second. So 2021 record, uh, five and 12, fourth in the AFC West. Their Vegas win total was 10. So to only achieve half your win total is terrible. If your win total is only four, if you only win two games, that's still really bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cleve predicted they would win nine games this year, so he was in line with Vegas, but way over on uh, what ended up happening. But honestly, all three of us would have been. Yeah. Uh, so this is kind of getting to what uh, what I was saying. Um, they traded massive capital and players to Seattle for Russell Wilson, and – we at the time declared that trade a massive win for the Broncos. I know. And now in the hindsight, it's like, wow, you got robbed by Pete Carroll. And yeah. And that pick turns out to be the fifth pick. Yeah. In this draft. Yeah. Um, Russ was terrible. They hired Packers offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, his head coach. Got to be a top five all-time bad head coach hire. Well, we talk, I know I remember talking about it at the time that it was that it felt like it was bait for Aaron Rodgers. Yep. And it didn't work out and it didn't work out and he yes, it was just a horrific fit. It was Urban Myers Urban Myers number 1. The second time Adam Gase got a head coaching job is number 2 with the Jets? Yeah. Yeah. Cuz he was so clearly terrible with Miami. Yes. Um quarterback it, killer yeah, is there some other awful retread who got a second job for no reason? Because, like, Patricia only got one head coaching job. Like, if he got hired as a head coach again. I, I mean, I, it stuns me that he got hired as an offensive coordinator last year. That's like, pretty bad. I mean, that's – yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I can't think of another yeah. – So, really, Urban Meyer – yeah, Urban no, Meyer and Adam Gates. Coordinator, that, would, that would work. <laughs> but as, I mean, as, as a coach, as a head coach – no, I don't remember. I don't remember one. Am I miss? Was there another gimmick head coach at some point? I don't remember. But that's the point. It's really bad, and it probably is top five for all time bad yeah. hires. Uh, and it's sort of the, it's sort of your example that you can be a good coordinator and a terrible head coach. I think most coordinators are good coordinators, and terrible head coaches. That is probably very accurate. Yeah, I think there's fewer good head coaches than there are good quarterbacks. So getting both of them makes you an instant contender. Yeah. Yeah. There's no team that has a good coach and a good quarterback and is not in the playoff and not in playoff contention. Very true. Yeah. Heck, you can have average at both. You can have like 11th best quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, and ninth best coach, Doug Peterson, and all of a sudden you're <laughs> you're good again. Yeah, quickly. Uh, yeah. Dan Campbell and Jared Goff. Oh. Right. Like – like, oh, you just need to have a decent coach and a decent enough quarterback, and like yeah. you're not right, but you get Matt Nagy in there, and all of a sudden it's a disaster no matter who your quarterback is. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, okay, Alex is saying that Joe Judge was a terrible hire. It's hired by the Giants, and that's true because you know, for being a special teams coordinator for the Patriots to being a head coach. Yeah. However, many people, including Alex, were hyped on Joe Judge because of his football guyness and all that. I have receipts, Alex. Oh, there's we can't we we cannot play that game because right. But what I'm saying is is that in hindsight, though, I do agree that Joe Judge hire was terrible. Yes, yes, and he will never get another look as a head. No. Coach. No, no, that was pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, Paul said, I mean, Petrino or Lou Holtz. I forgot Lou Holtz coach in the NFL. So that's probably a bad hire. Bobby Petrino. Yeah, I don't remember that, but Petrino for sure. Yeah. Was Petrino a bad hire or just kind of a bad guy? Uh, Who bounced? He could be both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so oh, I, I still remember the neck brace. And, and the, the like, come on, man. yeah, yeah. And then he quit. He quit to take the Arkansas job, but just like posted a note on the lockers <laughs> for the Atlanta Falcons. See ya. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> that's pretty. That's pretty bad. Uh, running back Javante Williams tore his ACL early in the season, and apparently that was a pretty complex injury. He's still uh, not recovering the way you, the way you would think. Um, the yeah, defense. So inside that building is some some skepticism about whether he'll ever be the same again. Yeah, like there's like he he survived just barely enough on his. So I guess the best way to put it is that his athleticism was just it got him just by when you when you combine it with his balance and power. Mm-hmm. And if you lose a little bit of that athleticism. The balance of power is just not enough. And yeah. there's concern that he is not going to come back. Certainly there, the expectation is for him not to return uh, early to, you know, to form. And that if he does, it's, you know, you're looking at maybe the halfway point of the season if he does, but yeah. there's some skepticism that he may never, which is incredible because he was such a, yeah. uh, an electric prospect. Yep. Um, so in a dynasty league that I'm in, I actually traded Javante Williams for Kyle Pitts. What do you think of that trade? Um, is that a trade that you made with me? It is. Yeah. I'm not going to comment <laughs> on that. I'm just not. I can't. I mean, you got more than Javante Williams. I'm just saying. He was, he was part of it. Um, I did not know his injury was that bad. It's, yeah, it's pretty – it sounds like it's pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, they signed a free agent running back, correct? Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah. yeah, and I would expect them to draft one. I think. I think. I think they're likely to draft to draft one. Yeah. Um, feels. I don't. Oh, we'll get to the draft capital, but depending on where they pick, feels like a Zach Charbonnet spot. Perfect. Perfect um, player. Yep. Uh, defense was actually pretty good, though they did trade away Bradley Chubb to Miami midseason. Big news for the offseason: they hired Sean Payton as their new head coach. Um, cap room, $10 million, uh, draft capital, none in the first two rounds, two total, the top 100 Charbonnet won't be there unless they trade up. Yeah. Um, Charbonnet is an interesting thing. He's at Michigan and they bulked him up. Right. Mm -hmm. And he looked big and a little bit slow, not slow, but lumbering. and, And then he goes to UCLA and it's like, this dude's a baller. He can play. 
So I think he's going to be a mid second, mid second to late second round kind of player. I in agree. The 50 to 60 range. He, so yeah, he, I agree. He played I mean, well. He played well at Michigan as well. He did. But I'm concerned about his about the UCLA thing. This is actually unfair. But Chip Kelly has had a lot of bust running backs in the NFL. But they're all a lot slighter than Charbonnet. Yeah. Michael James. Yep. Um, he was tiny. Yeah. Who's the other one? Who am I missing? Chip Kelly, Notre Dame. Uh, no, Oregon. 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 Um, I know I miss a one, but that's the point. Like uh, Kenyon yeah. Barner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I know, I know I'm, I miss a one there. Um, Alex saying that Pepco defenses help Zach Charbonnet. Playing running back for Chip Kelly is a good move in college football. You're going to run for a ton of yards. Yeah, Chip- but it just he, they slimmed him down and he looked a lot more explosive. Yes, and he caught some passes as well. He's he's yeah, a good prospect, he's, and he'd be good. He's here. A really good NFL prospect because he's he'd, big. he'd be a great fit for the Broncos, but they're not going to be able to get him. Um, so the question is: Are they stuck with Russ at QB, or they are stuck at Russ with Russ at QB for at least one more year, probably two? So what can they do to make him better, Scott? Um. Well, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. Find yourself a good head coach. Sean Payton is that. Mm-hmm. And my expectation is that they're going to tailor something around the things that one Russell Wilson likes to do and the things that two the team can do. So he might want to improvise and do all these things, but that doesn't mean that the team could do that last year. Mm-hmm. It was obvious that they're that they were very dysfunctional on, on offense. But right. I, I think Peyton is smart enough to figure out exactly what to do, generally speaking, uh, as a scheme with their offense t- to make things go. So do, do I know exactly what that is? No. Uh, I would think that extending plays and letting him make plays with his feet is smart um, and getting him in sync with his, with his, his skill position players is very smart. That's the way I would approach it. Uh, Sean Payton's significantly smarter than, you know, an off, especially on offense. He's a very smart dude. So I, I would expect them to, to look much better. Um, and maybe even a little more simple, if that makes sense, you know, bring, tighten it up a little bit. I think that makes a lot of sense. And what, um, and it kind of, I think it relates to what I was getting to earlier about the issue being a little bit deeper for them. I think last year was an awful workplace environment. Clearly. Russ had an office and like nobody could reach him without going through his people. And he's doing high knees on the airplane while everybody's trying to sleep on the way to London. And then the coach yeah, he had his own staff in there. Yeah, he had his own like, staff. It's clear that Daniel Hackett had no control of the situation and wasn't that great at coaching football at yeah. the same time. Yeah. And like honestly, if I were Jerry Judy, I'd be like, what? what is even like, what is the point of this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We're hearing some rumblings about some trades happening. Like I could see them and that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it is like, you know, maybe Judy just doesn't fit with Russell Wilson. I think that nobody could fit last year with that awful environment. See, Sean Payton's going to come in. Russ's staff is out. Yep. Russ doesn't have an office. He's in the locker room. Yep. If Sean, Pay- Sean Payton's getting those numbers, like he's not calling somebody else to get in touch with Russ, it'll be like, and you better answer within two rings. 
You know what I mean? Like Sean Payton is not playing any of this stuff. This is a this is a Bill Parcells guy. Like he is not doing putting up with this. No. And I think just having a coach who has a demonstrated record uh and will get Russell Wilson kind of under control because Russ isn't out of control like he's a jerk necessarily. No, he's just odd. Yes. I mean, that oddness that oddness is okay until it starts really negatively impacting the team around him since he's such an important position. I think Peyton just gets that under control and that in and of itself could just like how this team was last year was so below what their floor should have been. Yeah. But they could easily be an eight win team just from like getting rid of the nonsense. And they should be. And you know, I I think one of the things that listening to ex players and ex teammates of his is they see through the bullshit with him. Like, like, you know, this stuff is nonsense. And I'll like my own personal interactions with him is, is odd. Um, It's senior bowl related. And I'll tell you, he was, he was supremely aware of where the cameras were and when they were on and when they were not. Mm -hmm. And when they were on, he was a very friendly person. He was smiling and you don't, you know, all of it. Yeah. And when the cameras went off, wow. Like the switch went off. Yeah. And it was just like, huh, that's odd. Yeah. Um, so I watched him and cousins, Kirk cousins, throw in throw a, uh, like a session of just, just throwing. And they, they couldn't have been more opposites in, in, in terms of personality. It was just so interesting to see what, to see Wilson turn it on and then turn it off and become a guy who was just very friendly, turn into like a kind of a jackass. Like that. that's, that's a red flag too, just in general, like in life. Yeah. It was odd. It was, it was like, this is a weird dude. And I think that's kind of where uh, that team was with him. Like he shows up and he's pulling that stuff off and they don't know how to process any of it. And the coach can't control any of it. And it just spins. And, you know, there you go. Alex giving me grief. <laughs> Davis tried I, to trade everybody. So here's the thing. I did try to trade you Russell Wilson and Judy and Sutton together as a package. And the thing, Alex is that if you take a look at your roster, Russell Wilson would be your fourth youngest player. So, you know, Dave you might and I want- have something working right now. And um, I think I'm, g- I'm going to get violated badly again. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm going to keep going to that well. <laughs> um, Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not. A, it's not that bad. Um, I, I <laughs> yeah, think... It's not that bad for you. No, it's 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 not it's not that bad in general. Um you you love Jameer Gibbs and I you're in love with Jameer Gibbs and I'm infatuated no, with Jameer Gibbs. I am in love with Bijan Robinson. Yeah, but so is everybody. I just want to have an affair with Jameer Gibbs. I All can't right. believe I just said that. <laughs> okay. So Bijan is so, so Bijan is Melania, Jameer Gibbs is Stormy Daniels. Yeah, but I'm not paying 130 grand for it. I will delete this episode right now for $130,000. Have your lawyers contact my lawyers. I'm just, you're getting Justin Fields. I think it's fair. <laughs> I know you love uh, him. Uh, I this do one, love Justin this Fields. This sideways. I apologize. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll figure out, we'll figure out what we're going <laughs> to, what we're going to yeah. do there. Um, okay. So that's the Broncos. Now we have to, we have about 20 minutes to get through three teams. I'll, I'm going to be quiet for five minutes. I don't think I, I don't think 
I don't think there's too much to say about this next team right now. I think this next team is more interesting for their preview coming up in August than for right now. Oh, the Broncos draft class. Uh, Nick Benito, nothing. Greg Dulcich is good. Damari Mathis. I'm not seeing anybody here besides Dulcich who really impacted this year. <laughs> Moving on. Yep. Uh, that's a lot of picks to mess up, too. But, like, Benito's a good player, but it's the last pick in round two, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Dulcich is a good player. And that's Dulcich a, is good. They got, a, they got a nice value there. Yep. Um. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have wow. the Chokeland Raiders. Um, six and 11, third in the AFC West. The Vegas win total was eight and a half. Cleveland's win total for the Raiders was 14. Yep. He was, I don't, uh, I, I don't remember if he loved Devontae Adams or Josh McDaniels or the combination of them. There was some reason. Was it possible that that had just shaken out and, and he was still glowing? No, they got Devontae Adams in March. We did this in July. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wanted to give him some sort of benefit of the doubt, but I guess yeah. I can't. I don't. I, 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 I should have just gone back and listened to this episode okay. to, to figure this out. Um, all right. So 2022 season, predictably, trading a lot of capital for a 29-year-old wide receiver when you do not have much else is not going to get it done against Herbert and Mahomes. Correct. Uh, Josh Jacobs smashing his contract here, leading the NFL in rushing. Did not see that coming. No. Uh, notice, though, that they had the NFL's leading rusher and went 6-11. and 11. Yep. Not all that valuable to have uh, the NFL's leading rusher and nothing else. Right. Doesn't right. help much. Exactly. where you're going with this. Uh, Devonta Adams had a good season but disappeared for some games. Yeah. Uh, and the Raiders lost to Jeff Saturday. Effect. Yep. And the Raiders lost to Jeff Saturday. Well, that'll be a trivia question one day. <laughs> Who's the only team to lose to Jeff Saturday? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Because he won't get another shot either. If the Colts had hired Jeff Saturday as permanent head coach, would that have been worse than the Joe Judge hire? Yes. Worse well, than everything but worse than I everything think, but Meyer. Yeah, because the Meyer thing, um, it's a it, we could do a whole show. He's such a, a I, I he's just not a good person. Um, I'm sorry, he's just not. So it wasn't difficult to see that failing. Correct. Uh, Raiders picked up apparently Bobby Hoyne today. Uh, he better be ready. He better be game ready when Jimmy G does the Samuel Jackson unbreakable impression. I think he means Brian Hoyer. He does, and. Yeah. Jimmy G is a pretty brittle dude. He is. And so I would not have Brian Hoyer as my backup. No. Uh, behind behind Jimmy G. Uh, cap room coming into the offseason, $20 million. Draft capital, they have the seventh overall, three in the top 100. Questions, because again, I wrote these a few weeks ago now. What yeah. did they do at the quarterback position? They signed Jimmy G to a three-year, $65 million deal. But it's really like a two-year deal, right? It's a great deal because it's it's – like it'll get you enough production ish where you're okay there, but there's nothing blocking them from taking a quarterback this year. Yeah. Let's say they love somebody like one of them falls to seven. There's no reason that you, t you can't take them. You take them. Jimmy Garoppolo is not blocking anybody. 
He's just not. I I know bringing on Hoyer makes it look like they're done there, but and they maybe they are this year, but it doesn't. You know, you're not blocked. It's not like they paid him 150 million dollars and you know are tied to him for multiple years. They're just not. So so you and I are of the same opinion that it's okay to take high high you know use high picks on quarterbacks back to back years. Yes, but most people are not like especially NFL people. If they take a quarterback at seven this year, they can't take one. Like Mark Davis will never go for taking another one next year, right? So would they be better served taking a top cornerback or something like that and keeping themselves in the market to draft one next year? I think they would be, but that that assumes that they don't love one of them falling to them this year and also – I know that we we like to talk a year and so I'm going to I'm going to throw a shot at myself in this situation. Okay. A, a year ago I was talking about Will Anderson like he was the best pass rusher in college football. Right, when he was the second best, but that's okay. Whatever it was. This year I'm telling you that I think he has serious bust potential because he's limited as a player in some ways. So, if we and I know other other NFL people feel the same way. Like they do. Um, Caleb Williams is not in the draft process, so he he doesn't have the microscope on him yet. Drake May has flaws, serious flaws in his game. So yes. everybody talking about how next year is this great year for quarterbacks ignores the reality that when next year rolls around, we're going to pick apart these guys, and maybe it's just Caleb Williams and the rest of them are meh. So – I think teams understand that a little bit. And let's say, um, let you know, if the Raiders love Will Levis, there's no reason they shouldn't take him at seven and let him, you know, develop for a little bit of time. I mean, you have you have a year to do that. I don't think that's a smart move at all because I don't like Will Levis. And I'm not sure that he's ever going to be, you know, anything more, even if he hits, than a middling quarterback. But Well, but, but, but. The Raiders did lose Darren Waller and Foster Moreau, so they could play Will Levis at tight end. <laughs> they could. <laughs> it's a good thought. <laughs> all, all is not lost. Um, do they franchise Josh Jacobs after turning down his fifth year option? Yes. Same thing. Same problem that Daniel Jones had. Turned down the fifth year option that he got to tag him because he played so well. Yep, cost him some money. They did. Um, yep. uh, do they trade Darren Waller? Yes, traded to the New York did. Giants. Yeah. Um, what can they do to be truly competitive in this division within two years? Probably not draft Will Levis. Nothing. <laughs> I don't know that there's any way they're competing with the Chargers. And and uh, if we think the Broncos are, you know, I just, no. What's up, Emmanuel? We're doing, uh, we're doing good. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I'd. I don't see like Mahomes and Herbert are so far ahead of Jimmy G and yeah. Jimmy G was winning games competitive for San Francisco, but the Brock Purdy thing was awful for him because Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant and ripped off like 10 straight wins, which means that might not be the quarterback. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that Garoppolo is sort of like just a guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they paid him that way. I mean, it, it, we talked a little bit a couple of weeks ago about needing a middle class, uh, you know, quarterback compensation kind of thing. And there you go. That's that's kind of what it is. Yeah. 
uh, Raiders draft class. Uh, Dylan Parham played. Uh, he was a third. The first pick was the third round. Uh, was a good pick out of Memphis. Zamir White, uh, Zeus White out of Georgia, running back. They never got on the field yeah. at all. I, I mean, I guess Josh Jacobs did lead the NFL in rushing, but I mean, yeah. I don't know that Zeus is going to a lot in the draft. I thought he was yeah. a really good prospect. Yeah. Um, but this this is kind of like the point. Like you can find you can find interior offensive linemen in that range of the draft pretty much every year. Yeah. You know, and guys who will come in and start right away yep. and play at a reasonable level for you. Yep. Um Thayer Mumford was a interesting player. Um, you know, a developmental player. I like Britton Brown, but you know. If Demir White can't get carries, you know Brown's not gonna. I like I like Thayer Mumford too because he was like a matador for Aiden Hutchinson. He I was <laughs> he he did get abused. <laughs> yeah, he he was like a fifth round pick before the Michigan Ohio State game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he could still develop. He he's yeah. you know he's got great size. Yeah. All right, second place team in the division this year. <laughs> oh boy, would hey. be the Los Angeles Chargers. Poor Jake. Um. All right, 2021, oh, 2022 record, 10 and 7, second in the AFC West. Lost to Jacksonville, LOL, at home, LOL, in the wild card round after blowing a 27 to nothing first half lead. Yeah. Joe Lombardi strikes. I, I just. <sighs> like, on the one hand, I loved it because it's always fun to be able to laugh at Jake a little bit. On the other hand, I felt really bad for him and for Chargers fans in general. Yeah. This feels kind of like a cursed franchise, but like a good curse. Like the Lions are a bad cursed franchise. This was like a good cursed franchise. They have such Vegas. a talented roster, and it's just yeah. so tell me if I'm wrong, but they lost they lost Joey Bosa last year. Yep. Injury. They lost um can't remember his name. The tackle, the second year tackle, Rashawn Slater. Rashawn Slater. Um, and those guys they lost early, and it's just they are just an injury factory. They always have injuries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the Joe Labardius. Like, yeah, Joe Labardius truly terrible. Uh, yeah. So they're yeah they had a ton of injuries last year, but most of those players were back in hell. I mean Slater wasn't, but they were like ready to go by that playoff game. They had twenty seven to nothing lead. Yeah, I mean, well, like you the, think of their uh, the high the big free agent they signed the corner from New England, Josh Jackson. Is it Josh Jackson? Uh, um, JC Jack, whatever. JC Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he he was like a non factor last year, and yeah. you know some injuries played there, but yeah, like I love that roster, and it's just at some point you you hope that it it gets they get over, but like Keenan Allen's getting older now. Um, yeah. But you know what's funny is that they performed how they were supposed to. Vegas win total was 10.5. Cleve said 11. They won 10 games. Yeah. They were actually in line with expectation, but it felt like a failure. Not just because they how they lost that playoff game, but it just felt like. And so they got swept by Kansas City, uh, which means they have no chance of winning the division. Um, Herbert hurt his ribs in week in uh, his ribs in week two against Kansas City and was still injured when they lost thirty eight to ten to Jacksonville at home in week two, which I'd actually forgotten they got demolished by uh 
by Jacksonville earlier in the year, but it's because yeah, Herbert was hurt. Um, Eckler was running back one uh, uh, in fantasy again, which is an amazing campaign for him. But man, yeah. when it goes, it's going to go fast. Oh yeah, just like it does for all of them. Yep. Uh, head coach Brandon Staley played Mike Williams in a meaningless Week 18 game. Big Mike got hurt and missed the playoff game. Uh, yep. Yeah. And he does, you know, Staley, as for all of his his aggressiveness, is it's just sometimes it feels like it's too much. Yeah. Like playing Mike Williams in a meaningless game. Like right. there's no need know, for that. What are you doing? Yeah. Um made the playoffs, probably wish they didn't. Fired uh Joe Lombardi, hired Kellen Moore. I love the hire. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good hire. He Cut. needs to I mean, I think there there are trends with Kellen Moore and the things that clearly teams figured out some of the things that Dallas liked to do, but he's a good coach. He's, you know, I think he's a smart guy. He's significantly a better coach than Lombardi is. Yeah. But one of the things Dallas liked to do against Kellen Moore's wishes was give a fullback 15 touches in a game. Do you mean Zeke Elliott? I do. <laughs> yeah. Do they have another fullback on the team? Who else am I talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't think that Brandon Staley will force Kellen Moore to get 15 touches to an Aldi cashier going forward. No, you would think that he would just sort of like, hey, here's the keys to the offense. Go. Yes. Yes. Um, also, I placed a uh, bet Jameer Gibbs drafted to the Chargers. That would be super exciting. You would win the trade. Potentially. Um <laughs> I don't know that Gibbs is ever going to be a traditional between the tackles guy. I just think he's more of a, I'm not trying to diminish our trade here, uh, but I don't think he is a, I, I think he is a fantasy weapon and a very potent one because of catching the ball out of the backfield more than as a runner. Yeah. Whatever that's, I don't, I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's capable of playing the Austin Eckler role and, you know, run and, and, getting that many carries traditionally. I don't want to get into this too much because because we're, we're up against it. Yeah. But we don't know if Jameer Gibbs can play the same at 210 as he has at 199. But if he can, then he can. Then and he now can. and now we're talking, right? Because yeah. Alvin, Alvin Kamara is like 215. Yeah. If Gibbs can play like this at 210, he's Alvin Kamara all over again. Yeah, he has every every capability of being that. It's just, you know. Monitor the workload. Cap room, negative uh, $20 million. Draft capital, 21st overall, three in the top 100. Scott, I have a draft inside scoop for you. Is it a receiver? It is. Yeah. You might already know this, um, but I'm, I'm proud I of this. I don't know this. Jordan Addison originally committed to Maryland. Yep. He flipped his commitment to Pitt because the Maryland wide receivers coach went to Pitt. That coach is now the wide receivers coach for the Chargers. He would be a perfect fit in that offense. Perfect fit. If Jordan Addison is on the board when they pick, they're taking Jordan Addison. Yeah. yeah. Perfect fit. 
Yeah, see, that's the sort of inside information you could only get on Twitter and have repeated to you here on Political Football. Hey, it's great because <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking Jalen Hyatt or Jackson Smith and Jigba, although there's just no way he's JSN's there. JSN's not going to be there. Yeah, no way. But they need somebody like that, and Addison's perfect, and I think he yes. will be there for them. He's, yeah, he's a very nice fit for them. The difference between Addison and Hyatt is that Addison doesn't suck, so I think they'd be much better off taking Joshua Addison. <laughs> Okay. Oh. Take that, Jalen Hyatt. Jalen Hyatt could be good. He but like but he'll he be like though at times too. It's just like he'll be like go? the next form of MVS. Like he's not yeah. fantastic. Uh will Kellamore allow Justin Herbert to throw the ball down the field. Yes. Okay. Austin Eckler has requested a trade, but they're not gonna trade him, are they? I don't know what's gonna happen there. I don't Do know they move they on from- to pay him. And that this is not a this is not an organization that likes to pay uh, when they when they don't have to. So I could see them just like we'll take the rookie, we'll take Gibbs, whatever. We just don't want we just don't want to pay Austin Eckler the money that he thinks he deserves. Can the Chargers they're all, a cheap organization, but they're a cheap organization? Can the Chargers offensive line hold up in a punishing approach? Yes, their offensive line is awesome. Reference line can do whatever. Yeah, I just they may be more of a, a team that needs to to run some zone. You know, they're more of an, a zone running team than you know. I mean, I think what the question is is you know, are they just going to grind it? You know, just grounded, grounded pound you? And it, no, no, I don't think that's what they really want to do. Natron means is not walking through that door. No, Marion no. Butts is not walking through that door. Rashawn Johnson could be. But Ronnie Harmon could be. Yeah. Um, can this team stay healthy one time so we can see what they can do? I would love for that to happen. <laughs> um. All right, their draft. Zion Johnson, first-round pick, good pick. Very good pick. I don't like necessarily taking a guard at that position, but it was a position of need. They smashed it, of course, because they always smash the first-round picks. He was so ready, though. Like, Like, there were no questions about his game. You know, like he was, yeah, he was ready to roll and he'll play at a high level for a long time. Yeah. I don't recall seeing JT Woods do too much, um, but I, I just may not have seen him out there. Isaiah Spiller is a bust already. You know, it's possible. I mean, he's a bust. um, He wasn't getting touches. They were giving touches to Kalen Balaj in that offense last year, but who got the touches aside from, from Eckler? Uh, Kalen Balaj, um, Josh Kelly, and Elmer Fudd. I mean, it doesn't matter. The point is that it's not Isaiah Spiller. Yeah, and it wasn't last. Yeah, I mean, it's possible he could just be not. He could. He may not be it. Um, I mean, he certainly would be a player that they would be relying on if they're not bringing back Eckler, even if they were to draft a player like Gibbs. Yeah. Somebody needs to. Somebody needs to handle the heavier work uh, Spiller can do that. And the only but, other thing I, the only other thing I see here on this is um, seventh round pick. They took Xander Horvath, a fullback out of Purdue. So maybe they will have to give fullback 15 touches in a game. Maybe. All right. Last team go. here. They've done it before. <laughs> last team here. The Kansas city chiefs. Uh, 14 and three first in the AFC West won the Super Bowl. Is that any good? Yeah, it's pretty good. It is. 
Uh, Vegas win total 10 and a half. Cleve said 10. So ever, so they were both under on what the chiefs would do this year. I mean, 14 and three is pretty impressive. Um, in that division too. Yeah. 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 Won the super bowl. Mahomes won MVP. The chiefs lost to the Colts in week three. (laughs) They lost to Matt Ryan. Yeah. Well, you can't panic. If you lose one bad game during the year, you cannot panic. No, one's fine. Yeah. Kind of expect it. Yeah, two could even be okay depending on circumstance. Yeah, but yeah, it's gonna it, it can happen to anybody. Um, cap room in the offseason, thirteen million draft capital, thirty first overall, three in the top one hundred. Their only wide receivers under contract are Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. How do yeah. they address this? Did they sign anybody? At the I don't recall position? them signing anybody, but I can see DeAndre Hopkins ending up there. They re-signed. Justin Watson. Yeah. But they lost Nicole Hardman. I know that. Yes. They lost Nicole Hardman to the Jets. I don't, I really don't see them getting DeAndre Hopkins. I don't see them, like, if you were going to do that, just sign Tyreek. Like, if you're going to pay an older receiver $30 million, then just pay the one you had who's better. Different players. And I, I, um, so I, I, I was, so there was a little bit of this with Tyreek Hill that Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill's presence on the field forced, didn't force, it's the wrong word, but Mahomes would would want to get a little out of control with plays to let things develop and make big plays with Hill down the field. And it was frustrating for the offense because they were going outside the structure of what they were trying to do. And we all looked at that and thought, that's a nuts thing to, to be thinking and doing, but they won the Super Bowl with essentially nobody's at receiver because yeah. their offense is that good. So Hopkins, I don't think, is a player who's remotely threatening teams with speed. It's more he's going to move the chains with the sideline work and physicality, yeah. contested catch stuff. It's just what do you, you know? What do you have to give up for him? And I, it's just an idea. I don't. Oh, I don't know he'd have to give up a, a fourth this year and a sixth yeah. next year. It ain't gonna be that's that much. Enough. It's it's more what you have to pay him. And yeah. I I just. I don't see the I see the Chiefs making the mistake of signing Zeke Elliott before they make the mistake of trading for DeAndre Hopkins. Not that I think Hopkins is bad. Like Hopkins would be a, a great addition on the field for the team, yeah. but it would take off from so many other areas they need to address. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, they would have to pay him. That's for sure. Um, I obviously had another question there that I forgot to type. At this point, who the hell remembers? Um, <laughs> it was a while ago. It was a while ago. Um. Chiefs draft class, Trent McDuffie. He played. He did. Karloftis played. Karloftis is Sky a player. Moore, he is a player. Sky Moore didn't do anything. He but, didn't, but he is one of the two wide receivers on the team right now. Yeah, and you would expect him to kind of emerge. Leo Chanel, very good prospect. He played. Yep. Um, I don't know what Brian Cook did. I, I would be curious to see what he did, but then you've got – you know, round seven, Isaiah Pacheco kind of proving your point that, you know, yep. you don't need to spend early capital on these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine taking Najee Harris in the first round. You get Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh. <laughs> okay. Couldn't be me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's not much to say about the Chiefs because they won the Super Bowl and they're set at quarterback and they're set at coach. And it's just minor I mean, changes going they forward. They do smart things. Like I remember – I know we got to go, but like Trey Smith, three years ago in the draft, 
dude is falling in the draft because he had like uh, blood clot issues when he was 15 or something like that. And it's like, it's round four. And I'm thinking draft Trey Smith. He's just a monster. And you know, they got him in round five. Eh, You know, Alex says the Chiefs should take Ronnie Bell late. I like Ronnie Bell. I'm not sure he's the best fit there. You know who I'd love to see go to the Chiefs with like a second, third round pick? Marvin Mims. Yeah. Out of Oklahoma. Not yeah. just because he's on my team, but because I think Marvin Mims would be a great fit in in Kansas City. Yeah, he would be. And he I mean, nice vertical option there. The, wor- the worst thing you can say about Marvin Mims is he's Denzel Mims' brother. <laughs> That's, I love Denzel Mims coming out. I did too. I did too. But he is—he is a no-show. He Denzel Mims is like a really, really, really bad Brashad Pyramid. <sighs> saying something. All right. So that's the that's the AFC West. That concludes the division. The division reviews. You can go back and listen over the last few weeks for all the division reviews. Um, if you're listening to audio, thank you. Uh, it's also a YouTube live stream. Look at the show notes. There's a link. You can uh, like, uh, subscribe to the YouTube page, like the videos, and get notifications for when we go live in the future. Over the next couple of weeks, we'll be uh, hopefully discussing some news around maybe Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, Lamar Jackson to the Lions or Colts or somebody. Um, Jeff Simmons to the Lions. Oh, that yeah, sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, probably not a great locker room presence, but good at football. Um, you're talking about the defensive lineman, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a little uh, three-way trade action potentially happening there. That's super interesting. Are you breaking news here? I'm not breaking news, but they, but it is legit being talked about. It's it, like the Tennessee's trying to get up to pick three, but doesn't really have the capital or desire uh, to give up all the capital that they would require. So they would come to six uh, with with the Lions and then jump from six to three. So. Arizona would end up with the sixth pick. Tennessee would end up with the third pick. Uh, Arizona would get pick like picks 48 from Detroit and maybe a third rounder from Detroit kind of thing. Um, and Detroit would end up with pick 11 and Jeff Simmons. They don't want to pay Jeff Simmons. That's not terrible. I wouldn't. Well, not the worst that. thing. I mean, you know, if you look at where the Lions are, that makes a yeah. ton of sense. Yeah, that would not. I, I, I wouldn't hate that. Um, who do the tight? So sorry, we have to for real quick. Yeah, the Titans trading up to three would be interesting because if we assume that Stroud and Young are going to go one and two, the Titans are obviously moving up for a quarterback. I was told they want CJ Stroud. Well, he's not going to be there. He's going to Carolina. Maybe, but I don't think he'll go. I don't think he'll go to Houston at two because of David David Mugaletta's presence, his agent. So. If Bryce Young is the pick at one, then maybe that's a trade that happens. But but it's not going to happen until the day of the draft. So, but it, you know, foundation being laid there for that kind of a deal. If if and when player is available that Tennessee likes, I was going to say because Tennessee is not trading up for Richardson after no. how much the coach hates Malik Willis. No, there's so. no. It's, it's for one specific player, and you know it is being talked about. It's just it's just. You know how do the Lions fit in Simmons and and the idea of Simmons and pick eleven and pick eighteen is super intriguing. It is. Um, the Lions would be in a really nice position in the NFC if they if they were able to pull this off. Um, that's why it almost it almost feels too good to be true kind of thing. But you know, if you look at giving up 
pick six and your second and you know your third for Tennessee to move up five spots. It's not. I mean, it makes sense. You know, yeah. I mean, they don't want to pay Simmons. Um, it's it doesn't behoove them to pay Simmons. They're they're sort of rebuilding. It's just is the player they like on the board at three, and we'll see. That is that is that is very interesting. So as we move forward, that's the sort of stuff we'll be discussing. We're also going to be talking about specific prospects. You know, maybe preview some like either by position or round of the draft. I don't know. We'll figure it out as we as we go here. But we'll be talking. You and I should make a trade happen on, on live on one of our shows. I don't think that's as interesting to the audience as, as it should be. Care. Fair enough. All right. Uh, that's that's actually a good point. Uh, it's our show. You'll do what you – where's everybody going? <laughs> Anyways, everybody here is hanging out live. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Um, uh, you know, the chat, everything makes the show uh, that much that much better. So we appreciate that. And we will uh, see all of you next week. Peace. Peace.